Out of the Ten Commandments that God gave us, the one that we look at today is probably the most confusing. Uh, And I think it's because we don't really necessarily understand what God's asking us to do. Uh, You look at the Ten Commandments, and the rest are pretty straightforward. Do not murder. We understand. Don't kill anybody. Uh, Don't commit adultery. Okay, we get that one too. Uh, Honor your father and mother. Understood. But remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What is God even asking us to do? And, And... Maybe we're even wondering, what does Sabbath even mean? And so before we we look at Mary and Martha, that's who we're going to look at today in Luke chapter 10, I want to look at the third commandment in its context and and why God gave this commandment. Uh, And so to start, God gave the commandments in 1500 B.C., 1,500 years before Christ was born, uh, Moses was on the scene, a man named Moses, and he was leading God's people out of Egypt uh, to Jerusalem. So I got a map here for you. Uh, starting around 2000, 1900 BC, somewhere around there, Egypt was the world power. And uh, Egypt had enslaved the Israelites, the Jewish people. Uh, and 1500 BC, 400 years later, Moses comes around and God says, lead my people out of slavery. And so he did. He, he takes them out and he, he says, go to Jerusalem, which is up here. But before then, for 40 years, they're just walking around the Sinai Peninsula until God says, it's, it's go time now. And it's while they're walking around in the Sinai Peninsula that they come down to Mount Sinai and there, God gives the Israelites, he gives Moses a uh, a lot of rules. Uh, some say uh, around 613 rules total uh, for their life. We're talking how they're supposed to worship, how they're supposed to conduct themselves as a nation. Uh, and before he starts all of it, in Exodus chapter 20, he gives us the Big Ten, those Ten Commandments. And today, in Exodus chapter 20, we see the third commandment God gives. And so let's go ahead and read it together. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. In the very beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's what we're told, the very first line of Genesis chapter 1. He created the uh, the world in six days. How did he do it? He simply spoke and things came into being. Not too much to ask from the all-powerful God. If that's how He wants to do things, that's how He can do it. He's all-powerful. And so God creates everything in six days. On the seventh day, God rests. He's done creating and He just rests. Part of God's creation were two people, Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve were created perfectly. They never thought anything embarrassing or shameful. They never said anything hurtful. They never did anything wrong. And do you know what was the highlight of perfect Adam and Eve's day? Spending time with God. 
It was a joy for the Lord to come and walk through the garden, and they get to see Him, they get to talk with Him. It was the highlight of their day. Put everything aside, God's here. But then Adam and Eve did what God told them not to do. They sinned. And guess what became their least favorite thing to do? Spend time with God. Because a holy and perfect God and sinful people can't mix. It's impossible. And so they ran from God and they never wanted to be by Him. Thousands and thousands and thousands of years later, Moses is on the scene with the Jewish people. And God says, remember the Sabbath day. Why? Because the Jewish people had a fantastic work ethic. Uh, They worked and they worked and they worked. Because if they didn't work, they didn't eat. There there were no banks. Uh, And so they they cultivated their fields, they built things, and they traded, and they got food. And so they, they had to work in order to eat, in order to survive. And so guess who they cut out because, one, they were sinful. Two, their great work ethic. They cut God out. And they stopped spending time with God. And so God says, remember the Sabbath day. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a day to the Lord your God. You see that? But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Dedicated to Him. We still talk like this today, right? Uh, you ask your spouse, you ask your, your children, uh, hey, can you make some time this week and, and dedicate it to this? Maybe it's a home project. Maybe it's spending time with the kids. Maybe it's spending time with your spouse. Can you, can you dedicate some time to that? That's what the Lord is saying with this commandment. Take a day, dedicate it to me. God knows us. He knows we're going to just continue to work. We're going to continue to cut Him out. And God says, take time to spend with me. And as we heard in Colossians earlier today, uh, from the Apostle Paul, since Jesus is the fulfillment of this, since in Him we find ultimate rest, it doesn't matter what day we do it. The important thing is that we set time aside and dedicate it to Him. Alright, we have all the background. Now let's turn to Mary and Martha in the New Testament around 30 A.D. Okay? We are in Luke chapter 10, beginning with verse 38. 38, that's right. (laughs) As Jesus and His disciples were on their way, He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to Him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what He said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Martha needed to learn what we need to learn today, and it's your first point today. Recognize that Jesus is the one thing needful for true rest. He's the one thing needful for true rest. Have you ever felt like Martha? If you've ever hosted anything, I know you have. Uh, I grew up in a small little town. And my generation, my, was the first generation to leave 
our small little town. So uh, when my parents hosted Christmas Day, Thanksgiving, Easter, they'd have all the cousins over. We're talking 50, 60 people coming over to our house. And my mom would host it. And so leading up to those d- that day, uh, my mom would be running around like crazy, shopping, cleaning, organizing. Uh, and then the day comes. And tables need to be set up, chairs need to be set up, silverware needs to be put out, drinks. And nothing made my mom more upset than walking through the living room and seeing my brother, my sisters, and me sitting and watching sports. Not helping out. When there's all this stuff that needs to get done. Because guess what? My mom wants to rest too. And how is she going to rest? When her to-do list is done. That's when she's going to find rest. And so if we all pitch in, then we can all rest. That's, what's Mar- that's what Martha's feeling. Lord, don't you care? I'm doing all this work and my sister's just sitting around. Tell her to help me and then we can both sit and rest. Was Martha doing anything wrong? No. She was doing nothing sinful. In fact, she was doing what she was doing was a good thing. She wanted to serve Jesus. She wanted to give her best to Jesus. But where Martha went wrong... And where her, she had faulty thinking was she was thinking true rest would come when, when dinner was on time, when dinner wasn't burnt, when the house was clean. That's when I'm going to have true rest from all this anxiety and stress inside. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Martha, Martha, true rest comes from sitting at my feet listening to my word. That's what's going to calm the anxiety in your heart. That's what's going to calm the fear. That's what's going to calm all your worries and what you're upset about is sit and listen to my word, just like Mary. And so the question for us to ponder today is where are we looking for true rest? Is it in our to-do list? Is it in the signs of the building and the connect cards and the pens that don't show up? Uh, does our life reflect more of a Mary or more of a Martha? And that's a really easy question to answer. Just look at your life. What do your actions tell you? Are, are, are we content to have Jesus in the room? Have Him in the background of our life sitting there in our house? And yet we don't sit down and listen to Him because we want to tackle our to-do list? We like Him to be there in case if something goes wrong. And then, or if I get overwhelmed and stressed, then I can go to him and, and lay it all on him and, and hopefully he takes care of it. But unless if that moment comes, I don't spend time with him and listen to him. Or are we like Mary, where we take time out of our day, where we drop our to-do list and we soak in his word. Because you see, this is what the third commandment is all about. It's about finding true rest. And that true rest comes from Jesus. That is the one thing we need for true rest. He is the one who calms our anxieties. He is the one who calms our fears. And it's not enough to have Him in the background. We need to sit and listen to Him. And so, for your second point today, it's recognize how Jesus brings true rest. We recognize it's Jesus who brings true rest, but how does He do it? How does He bring it to us? Maybe it's worth asking, why does God command us to spend time with Him? After all, it's a third commandment. God says, spend time with me. Why? Does it seem a little needy on God's part? 
there's the same kind of, um, I don't know, desperate God command. Someone commanding you to spend time with Him. Uh, does that seem a, a bit much? Actually, it comes from a heart of love. Like every single one of these commandments. It comes from a heart of love. Because what does God know about you and me and all people? We're very individualistic, right? We want to do it. Like a kid who doesn't want help tying his shoes, but he doesn't know how to tie his shoes. uh, We say, God, I can handle it. I've got it covered on my own. And yet what happens when we do that? We get filled with anxieties of life. We realize we don't have control. And then we finally cry out to Him. And you know what God says? You know what Jesus says? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. But guess how we know that? Only if we sit and listen to His Word. We get all anxious and worried about the necessities of life. We get worried, uh, am I going to have enough? And what does God tell us? Do not worry about your life, about what you will wear, what you will drink, what you will eat. Uh, I take care of the, the birds of the air and the grass of the field, and if I take care of them, won't I take care of you? God says, don't worry. I'm taking care of you. But guess how we know that? Only if we sit and listen to His Word. We get depressed and sad and and lonely, and God says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. I am with you always. Uh, We get really down on ourselves, and our self-worth gets really low, and God says, I'm going to give you worth that self-worth could never give you. Because I consider you worth giving up my only son, Jesus, just to have you. That's how much you're worth. But guess how we're going to know those? Only if we sit and we listen to His Word. We get anxious and we get worried and we get concerned. Uh, Can I ever live good enough to please God? And we try to keep the commandments and we try to live as good as we can and yet every time we fail we're filled with more guilt, more shame and we sit there worried, anxious and Jesus says, I'm the fulfillment of the law. I fulfilled everything for you. My perfect life is your perfect life. I've given you my righteousness and I've taken your sins and I've nailed them to the cross. All your failures are gone. You don't have to keep the commandments. Now you get to keep the commandments because God loves you on your good days and your bad days the same. Because you are totally forgiven. Because my perfect life is yours. But again, guess how we're going to know that? Only if we sit and listen to God's Word. And we're not naive, right? We look around the world and we see the tragedies that are, uh, that are out there. We know we live in, in a bad place. And we know that tragedy is going to happen to us. Our greatest fear is going to overtake us. Death happens to all. And yet in the midst of that, we can still have rest and peace. Mary and Martha are famous for one other story in the Bible. Do you remember what it is? Their brother Lazarus died. Their brother Lazarus died in John chapter 11. uh, And they had a funeral. They buried him, put him in a tomb. And four days after being in the tomb, Jesus shows up. And Mary and Martha come to Jesus and say, Lord, if you would have been here, our brother wouldn't have died. You could have healed him. And Jesus said, Yes, but I am the resurrection and the life. 
The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And the one who believes in me and lives will never die. What was he telling them? He's got death in his hand. He controls it. And do you remember what he did? He turns to the tomb and yells out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! And the dead man walked, came back to life. Jesus controls our greatest fear and He proved it, not just there, but on Easter morning when He rose from the dead. Died on Good Friday on the cross, a a, a brutal death, died, buried, three days later, rises from the dead, not resuscitated, but in a glorious heavenly body that He's now currently still in. And He promises to you, I am the resurrection and the life. I'm going to raise you even though you die. I have control over death and over your future, and it is with me. And how are we going to know this? Only if we sit and we listen to God's Word. This is where true true rest is found. It is by listening to Jesus' Word. This is what the Sabbath day is all about. Taking time, dedicating it to God, where we can sit and listen to Him and be built up in these truths that give us eternal rest. And so, what do we need to do? We need to learn to have a relationship with Jesus for true rest. Where do we even start? Where do we start? The Bible's a big book. How in the world, where in the world are we supposed to start to, to take this on? Well, number one, if you're just getting into reading your Bible, look at your calendar at the beginning of the week or at the beginning of your day and say, this is a time I'm going to set aside for God today. This is a time. 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever it is you want. Put it in your calendar as a reminder. And when the reminder goes off, read God's Word. Spend time with Him. And number two, what are you going to do? Well, you've got plenty of options. You can download the YouVersion app, the Bible app on your phone. You can have them send push notifications to you. So you can get a, a daily verse pushed to you right on your phone. And when it buzzes, look at it, read it, and sit and reflect on it. What's God trying to teach me here? What's He saying to me? Uh, if you want to start reading the Bible, I'd suggest start with Luke, Luke chapter 1, and, and work your way through it. Take little sections or a chapter at a time. And same thing. What's God saying to me? Where have I failed in this? Where has Jesus kept this perfectly for me? How has He forgiven me my sins? And listen to His Word. This is what the third commandment is all about. This is where we find true rest. It's in God, the one who gives us eternal rest. So may God be with you this week as you begin to learn to have a relationship with Him or continue in your relationship with Him as you sit and you listen to His Word and you hear of the eternal rest that He gives you. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank You for the eternal rest that You give us. Rest from sin, rest from guilt, rest from shame, uh, rest from the anxieties of this life. We thank You for that. And we ask You to help us to dive deeper into Your Word and to sit and listen uh, to it that we may have that rest. That is the way that You give it to us. And so we want to sit like Mary and and just soak it in. Uh, Inspire us uh, to dedicate time to You this week where we can be built up in the truth uh, that everything... Is, is taken away from us because of You. Everything, every problem we have is only momentary. 
Be with us this week as we grow in your word. Amen.